Hey, Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 137. 137. One day, I shall come back. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant, yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something Doctor Who. Well, one of us, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The words BFI spring to mind. (laughs) Or the British Film Institute, if you prefer. Take your pick. Mm. So, Series 10 is upon us, almost. Oh, so close. We're in the final few days before uh, madness ensues. Mm. I love how much the the promotion has uh, been ramping up for this series uh, it's great. in the last couple of weeks. It's amazing. I, did, I just um, flipped through Twitter this morning, and uh, there's a TARDIS on the South Bank <laughs> in London. A TARDIS, and some guy's done this most amazing mural of uh, on the floor. You know, like these artists do, like they sort of paint the floor. Oh yes, yep. and it's, it's. I don't know if you've seen it, mate, but um, yep. have a look on Twitter later. It's incredible, isn't it? It's got like Mondasian Cyberman coming out of the ground. Uh, Daleks flying through the sky, and then the sort of like the TARDIS prop, uh, the real TARDIS prop right next to it. So it's, it's pretty awesome. I saw the moth. I saw a picture of the moth looking at it as well. So he's obviously had a wander down to see. I don't know what he's doing in London, but uh, yeah. Well, they're, um, he's, he's filmed a little thing there on it. Oh, is he? Yeah. So he's standing ah. on the little. So the 3D artwork you're talking about looks really cool. Yeah. And there's like a, uh, like a little cliff edge uh, thing sort of halfway up the, 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 the painting. And he's standing, so it looks like he's about to fall off the uh, the cliff edge into the chas- into the chasm of, uh, of who monsters. But yeah, I think he's filming a short little thing uh, about who for something. But excellent. He probably yeah. feels like that in real life, actually, because having listened to him at the weekend, and I'll, I'll come on to this in a bit. But he was kind of saying like he he just feels like he's once the series ten is done. He hasn't got, you know, he's got things lined up, but he's just ready to just <laughs> literally fall <laughs> off a cliff. No, actually, he was saying he's ready for a big holiday. So he's probably staring yeah. into that chasm thinking, ah, oh, nearly done. Nearly time. Nearly time to wander <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does look cool, though. Looks very, very cool. Uh, coming up in today's show, uh, we have uh, quite uh, some, yeah, decent bit of news, actually. Mm. Uh, some good stuff. We're going to go through... Um, uh, the latest Who news and a bit of news that broke um, uh, in between us recording. Uh, so uh, after last last week's show and us recording today, the big bit of news broke thanks to uh, the usual UK tabloid nonsense. Yeah. So it sort of uh, forced the BBC's hand 
uh, and they had to to officially announce something. So we'll go through that. Some other bits and pieces. Uh, got a couple of cool merch pieces, and then we're on to our review of a town called Moisey. Mm. Moisey. Mercy. Mercy. Anyway, I want to hear about your weekend because you had a you had a who themed weekend again. Yes, yes, I did. I had an absolutely cracking weekend uh, that's just gone by. Um, beautiful, glorious, sunny day uh, in London um, on the Sunday, and there was two. Well, they are BFI events, but I think also it's organised by the Radio Times, I think. So, yeah. Um, so the first one was at the IMAX, uh, which is a massive, big, round glass dome <laughs> in near Waterloo. Uh, it's a huge cinema, isn't it? I can never work out if there's more than one screen in there or what's actually in there. But, um, but yeah, it's like a massive screen. Uh, I think in, it's in, the largest IMAX screen, isn't it, in yeah, the UK? Yeah, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, so that was I was there for a panel discussion um, with Brian Minchin, uh, who's the executive producer of Doc Two, Stephen Moffat, uh, who wasn't on the list, but I had a feeling he'd be there, and sure enough, he was. Um, <laughs> he was also on the panel, um, and I'm glad he was actually, because to be honest with you, he was he was the best. I mean, they were all good, but he was so good on the panel. Um, and Peter Capaldi was there, and so was Pearl Mackey. So it was a good panel. Um, now. I think I said last week I was hoping we might be getting to see the whole episode. I was hoping it was going to be a big surprise because they'd hired this massive, biggest cinema in, you know, London or whatever it is. So I was thinking it can't just be for a chat in front of a screen. Surely they're going to show us the episode because um, unfortunately I'm going to be away when it airs uh, this weekend. So I was really hoping I was getting to see the preview. Wasn't to be. What we did get was a couple of preview clips from the episode. So we got to see three exclusive little nuggets um, from the first story. Um, I've got to say they went down very well and talk about leaving you wanting more. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go, yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail because even though they were, I would say scenes from early on in the episode, they were slightly spoilery. So I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but, um, but we, we got to see Pearls first when she first goes into the TARDIS and we were saying afterwards, it must be very difficult to, to write that scene and keep it fresh, you know, to do the same thing every time a companion walks in of, oh, it's bigger on the inside and all that. Um, but without saying too much, her, her entrance to TARDIS was, is a beautifully written scene and my goodness, does it look amazing. They've really upped the, you know, the cinematography and that just looked incredible. Um, and there's a little scene between the doctor and Pearl as well. Um, there was a couple of things in that scene which uh, everybody in the audience noticed. Um, these are the spoilery bits I'm not going to talk about, but everybody was like, <gasps> when we saw it, we did a little gasp. <sighs> but there seems to be an awful lot of spoilers being leaked by the BBC themselves. So probably a lot of people listening to this already know what I'm talking about. I think it's a bit of a shame, actually. Um, but I'm talking about things in the room, and I'm sure people know what I mean. Um, but three lovely scenes. And then, yes, uh, after that, we had this uh, interview take place between these guys on the stage. Um, Peter was quite quiet. Um, he did he did sort of chip in now and again. He said he's absolutely exhausted, and I'm. he looked absolutely shattered. I mean, he really did look... Uh, mm. No offence to Peter, his hair was brilliantly <laughs> bouffant and wild and crazy, but the poor man did look absolutely exhausted, yeah. and him and Pearl both said, you know, the, the schedule has been... I think they've literally just finished, haven't they? I'm sure he said they've literally yep, just finished yep. or they're about to finish. And he just said, oh, so looking forward to a break. Um, um, so he didn't say too much. So when we come to the audience question, somebody did ask him about the new doctor and he was very coy uh, and he got a few laughs. 
Pearl Mackey came across brilliantly in the panel. She's very, very down to earth. Um, I really liked her. She, <laughs> the, the the bit that stands out to me. I mean, it's, you know, when you come out of these things, it's so hard to remember all the bits that that were said. So, but the one bit that stands out to me is she was talking about the episodes, and um, she said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I think." Um, I think series 10 will be pretty good. Uh, hopefully there aren't any duds. Uh, I don't think there are any duds this series. And Stephen Moffat was just like, well, cheers, Pearl. She's like, oh, no. Well, I just mean like, ah, oh, you know, like, and I thought, oh, that's the sort of thing we all do when we're trying to uh-huh. be nice, but we say the wrong thing. And um, she just came across really well. I'm actually very excited to see her. Um, but the Moffat, I um, really stole the show, you know, and I think you've, you've met the Moff, haven't you? You've seen him or yeah. in interviews and stuff. Yeah. He's always so good. Um, whether you you know no matter what you think of the moth he's hugely entertaining mm-hmm. when he's on a, a panel discussion or um or in an interview because he's quite he's got quite a dry sense of humor so he can be like slightly cantankerous but he's so funny and he's very sharp-witted as mm-hmm. well yeah um and he did talk about how incredibly difficult it is to keep spoilers these days and he was talking about this big spoiler, which we're going to talk about in the news, you know, of how that was leaked and why it was leaked. And he was sort of saying that with series nine, he felt that they almost held back too much. Um, and he said he, he thinks the press got slightly annoyed and kind of it worked against them. So with this series, they wanted to give a bit more to the press okay. to, 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 to try and get a bit more. Because I don't, if you think about the publicity of Series 9, I don't think it was anywhere near what we've had for Series 10. It really died down, didn't it? It's minuscule, um, wasn't it, in comparison? Yeah. Yep. They were, yeah, I mean, if you think about the promotion on the TV and that, the budget, they were still using like the um, little intro clips from Series 8, weren't they, mm-hmm. before, the, before the episodes with the Doctor throwing the cards in the TARDIS and all that. So, so yeah, it was very minimal Series 9. And I think he said this time we wanted to try and give a bit more to the press, hoping it will give us a bit more publicity. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's kind of gone the other way now. It's almost like they've opened the gate a little and all the, mm-hmm. you know, all the cattle have, have, have got out. So, so he was just saying about how difficult it is to gauge how much to give away and and you know and how difficult it is to keep anything they want to keep secret um but it was here was hugely funny um we did wait ages to meet pearl and peter on the way in uh we didn't get to meet them on the way in um but we did on the way out so when i come out of the screening peter was stood by his car which was waiting to take him away um and he wasn't signing autographs but he was just having selfies with everybody. It was unbelievable. The man was absolutely mobbed. <laughs> I mean, it was just like the, everybody just descended out the cinema and sort of headed straight towards him. So he just had this massive crowd of people in front of him. And he was just stood there so cool. Like, he's just the coolest man on earth. He's just like, how you doing? Are you all right? You having a good time? Picture? Yeah, okay, off you go. Next one. How are you? All right, Series 10, blah, blah, blah. He's just, he's such a dude. Yeah. I, I just, the man is incredible. I mean, to be fair to him, he could have just got in that car, like they could, because they'd sort of held everybody back while they come out. So we're still on the stairs. Stream. He could have got in that car and gone. And that, that would have been it. There's no obligation to for him to do that. You no, know what I mean? No. It's, 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 it's just incredible. So he did that. Um, I was very lucky. I managed to get a p- picture of Peter for the first time because I've come so close. <laughs> I've got pictures of me like photobombing him behind him where I've like oh, almost touched his jacket. I've got so close to him before now and not managed to get a picture. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so I finally got a selfie with, with Peter. So I was thrilled. And then Pearl came out and she was signing autographs and she was posing for pictures and once again was lovely. Uh, and the moth kind of lingered about in the background. <laughs> um, but he was there as well. He, did, he was doing autographs and photos, but he, he seemed to sort of want to let Peter and Pearl have you know have their moment if you like he mm-hmm. sort of held back so yeah so it's an amazing day great to see the preview clips and stuff and then just very quickly to wrap up um a few hours later i went to another event organized by the same people just uh, literally two minutes down the road at the bfi south bank which was Stephen moffat being interviewed by frank skinner um now this was an hour and a half long and i did wonder i thought oh golly is this going to be because after the sort of you know, amazing morning I'd had. I was I was thinking, oh dear, is this going to live up to it? Because, you know, that's quite something to follow. But it was fantastic. Like I said, um, the Moffat's great in interviews. Frank Skinner, being such a fan of the show, was great at interviewing him. They they seemed like a double act. They, they're clearly, I don't know if they're friends, but they certainly bounced off each, off each other really, really well. Like Frank, because the first thing Frank said was they sat down when they first came out. And the first thing Frank Skinner said was, oh dear Stephen empty seats oh. <laughs> like that and Stephen just laughed and I thought just the fact that they weren't taking themselves too seriously and they showed a load of clips from Stephen's career and you forget how much he's done actually like coupling mm-hmm. and press gang and and all this stuff as well as Doctor Who and Sherlock and they talked about it all um and yeah just to sum up the the, the bit that really sticks in my mind about that interview because the hour and a half actually flew by I was worried it's going to be too long he spoke about trying to get Chris back um chris deckleston for the 50th oh, okay just saying like he could he said you know chris was such a gentleman but he said the whole time i was talking to him i could see it in his eye he just wasn't gonna do it he's like he's very kind he's like well you know write me a few pages i'll, I'll have a look and so there's the moth said you know he wrote it and he said the thing that was he loved what he wrote because he was saying it was so funny having this northern doctor <laughs> sparking off of matt and david's doctor he said i was actually really pleased with what i did write but it was i didn't write very much because i just knew in my heart that he wasn't going to do yeah, it he said yeah. but he said but it would have been so fun um, and he said, so then I had to sort of, when Chris did decline, I had to think, well, what am I going to do? Um, and he was sort of saying, oh, he had nobody contracted to do the 50th. So he was going to have to pull something out of the bag. Um, and thankfully he got David and Matt signed to do it and all that. And he's like, but I've got to get a big name because mm-hmm. it's the 50th. So he got John Hurt and he was saying about, you know, how amazing that was, how he never thought he'd get him, how the fanboy in him worried about messing up the doctor's numbers he's like you know i can't do that but yeah you can't shove a doctor in there because that means he says what if somebody out there's got the doctors tattooed in all you know number one (laughs) so you know they're going to be furious and he's just really funny and it was a great great way to end the afternoon uh yeah it was just brilliant really really good day and uh, met with all the you know all the usual gang um matt um adam the ultimate hoovian and uh and gallifrey 97 reese you know guys that we've met at conventions before and and Callum, our friend Cousins, who oh, I think yeah. you bumped into the day before, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it was just great. It's, as, a, as I always say, these events are amazing, but just hanging around with fellow geeks really just tops off the day. It was just brilliant. <laughs> that yeah. sounds awesome, mate. It was, mate. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. It Very was really, cool. Yeah. So based on the, the few clips that you did see, are, yes. are you excited for, for Series 10 and the pilot? absolutely yeah 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 definitely i just i loved the look of it um i thought i mean they were quite short clips but i just thought capaldi was just unbelievably engaging in in the clips that we saw and and i really liked pearl because as i think um listeners to the podcast regular listeners will know i've been a bit unsure about bill because i didn't like 
her intro mm-hmm. scene that we got last year, wasn't it? Last year, bloody hell. Um, yeah. But I'm really warming to her, and I think I think this relationship that they've got in terms of him being this sort of um, oh golly, I don't want to say too much actually. I'm really trying not to be spoilery because there's so much already out there. I'm trying not to ruin it. I, I don't. When I say relationship, I mean their dynamic. I think is okay. going to be right. in is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. I think. <laughs> yeah, let's just draw a line there before it's just, you I'm accidentally so, slip. I, yeah, yeah. I'm so like um, <laughs> conscious of of saying the wrong thing. Um, but I, I mean, I am amazed at how much we already know about series ten. I, I do think, in fact, we should probably talk about this when we get onto the news item. But I do think perhaps slightly too much has come out because I already bit, feel yeah. like I've seen half of it. I mean, there's been a load of pre. Um, uh, promo images released today or yesterday. I don't know if you've seen these yet. They've literally just come out, haven't they? Yes, today. And yep. there's yeah, and there's a lot of things in there that I'm thinking, oh, that would have been lovely to have just seen when it goes out. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm talking about things in the room or in the background, just thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to be so vague, but do you know what I'm on? I'm on about things I'm, in the room. Yes, I know what <laughs> you stuff. mean. I'm just thinking, yeah. yeah, oh, that would have been a lovely moment, but now I've seen it. But anyway, I, I, I'm not that bothered about spoilers, but I know a lot of people are, and I just think it's a shame uh, for those people, really. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I think uh, I, I think I agree with you that they, the Beeb have, whether their hand has been forced or not, they have released. Because the thing is, it almost sounds like we're never happy, and it's not the case. I know. <laughs> with Series 9, we were like, we wanted to see a, a trailer a lot earlier than when we saw it. Mm. And then after the trailer, it was just pretty much non-existent, any sort of marketing around it and so on. They just assumed that, you know, rightly or wrongly, that everyone would just watch it anyway. You know, and yeah, not really give yeah. a, <laughs> not really be bothered about whether there was much of a much promotion. But I think this year, they've gone from one extreme to the other. They've gone nuts with the the marketing and releasing images and teasers and all sorts, and yeah. it's almost a little bit. You, the, the the bit of news we're going to talk about, that's maybe out of their hands. You know, they had to do that, and that would have been an awesome thing to have in the episode. Know. You know, that would have been like whoa, that would have blown the world away. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like we're never happy. I mean, it's not. It's not the case. It's just finding that fine line, which is extremely difficult to do because Doctor Who is becoming more like. You know, when you said the Moff mentioned, it's very difficult to contain spoilers and keep mm. everything. It's almost going into that sort of feature film territory now, isn't it? Where yeah. when they're making films, it's so hard to keep stuff contained and spoilers mm. and everything. And it's, now, Who is going into that era as well, or that yeah. area, should I say, where? It's just so difficult. You know, how do you contain everything and keep control of it? And It's, very, it's almost yeah. impossible. I mean, like I said, especially when they're filming on the streets as well. I think that's the other thing you're saying. He's like, well, how can we keep the, yeah. you know, the Cybermen under wraps when we're filming on the streets of them? It's just like, it's, it's just no way. Mm-hmm. Um, just one other thing that does spring to mind is talking about spoilers. He was saying about, you know, he said, it's not just us, you know, it's not just like the modern day. He said, I can remember when the five doctors come out and um, they accidentally released the paperback early. And he said, you know, a week early, he said, and I was in there telling myself, don't read it, don't read it, don't even buy it. Because, you know, it hadn't been on TV for, for another week. He said, before I knew it, I was on the bus and I'd read the whole book on the way home. He goes, you know, he said, as fans, we just, we don't want to know, but we can't resist it. And he said, and it's just, it's like you said, it's finding that fine line, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So you had a cracking weekend, mate. Good. I did, mate. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And so tell me about yours, because you obviously 
went to the who shop i mean you may as well just move in you're there <laughs> you're there all the time well i can't i can't not go if, if, if i, I know mean, if you're in east london i, I yeah, know it's a little bit out the to. way yeah, yeah it's a little bit out the way but if you're in east london you have to go um so that was another thing we were um uh, i was free weekend we just thought what should we do i oh, know let's just jump in a car and go and get uh so we go to this um we go to this cafe uh, in Bethnal Green called uh, Polici's if anybody knows of it if anybody knows the story of uh, uh the craze or anything like that you'll know that this cafe is very famous um mm. we don't get there for that reason but they do like this amazing full english mm. and I, I i let myself down a little bit as well mate because uh when 2017 kicked off 1st of January i went pescatarian so i was like i'm not going to have any more meat I'm just going to go like, you know, vegetarian, but I'm, you know, and enjoy uh, seafood and fish as well because I love that. But I thought I'm going to cut out meat. But at the weekend, went to Polici's and I just had the full English. So it was one of those times where (laughs) I was, yeah. Anyway, that's where we go. I was going to say, you lasted a couple of months. So, you know, you you didn't, at least you didn't falter after a week. Yeah, true. I mean, it was a one-off, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not just yeah. back to what you mean now. But anyways, yeah. that's where we go. Hence why we're in East London. Hence why we go to the Who shop, because um, my wife says, well, I assume you're going to want to go to the Who shop. I'm like, well, yeah. So we ended up going there. Bumped into Callum, one of our long-time listeners. Callum uh, Cousins 2019, I think his Twitter name is. Yeah. I think, so. I think he's changed it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He, he does change it quite regularly. It's hard to keep up with Callum, but he knows who he is. He knows, yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah, and he was just walking up the road, had a selfie with him. That was a good, had a chat, see what he's up to. He was doing the same things that you were at the BFI and all that stuff. So it's good That's to catch right. up with him. Yeah. He picked up a couple of bits on the Who shop. Um, I didn't have a, I didn't really go nuts in there. I bought um, a Target book, um, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Oh, right. Uh, I picked up um, a Pop Funko, which I've wanted for ages. Um, not just because I couldn't find it. I've just been lazy. Like, yeah, I'll get it at some point. So I got the, um, the, Dalek sec, you know the Comic Con edition. You know the black Dalek that's kind black of Dalek, yeah. With the, it's got the 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 exoskeleton exposed, and you can see the Dalek inside and stuff. Mm. So that looks awesome, and I picked up a glass as well because I like to drink water out of a a Doctor Who glass. And has it got the third Doctor on it? Yes, because I saw someone come. Oh no, it's the fourth. Isn't the fourth it? Doctor, yeah. Yeah, I saw someone comment on your picture because you'd put it with the face facing away <laughs> so you could see the yeah. doctor who logo yeah and on the other side so it's the fourth doctor because i can see mr sin yes and it's ah. got, uh, k9 and uh lala ward on there as well yeah, yeah. that's very nice so a very small hall but i did have a good look around and uh i saw something in the cabinet oh yeah mm-hmm. saw something it was a robert harrop figure <gasps> not the malice yes indeed no yep They've got it. They've got it. How much are they selling it? Did you take a note of the price? There's no prices on the Robert Harrop oh. stuff anymore. Oh. But the malice is in there, mate. Well, I may have to go then. Because, you know, bizarrely, <laughs> I checked their website this morning, and it's they haven't, they've haven't they still got it as out of stock on that website. I might have to give her a ring. No, 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 <laughs> Not on the website. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I might have to, might have, to have a look, because I definitely i tell you what, mate, it's... Uh, I, when, well, when I looked at it, I thought, hmm, surely Adam knows about this. Surely right. his little 
you know, his little spies and minions. They've been into the shop already this morning and have reported <laughs> back. Uh, but yes, mate, it's in the cabinet. Right. I was going to take a photo, but you know the rules. Careful. Yeah, You've careful. You've got to be careful. Talking of photos, though, and your selfie with, with Callum, I'm just thinking, though, don't you find that amazing? I mean, I know I know, I know, a joke I mean, about you going there a lot, but it's still quite amazing that you just happen to be there at the same time because Callum lives in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> He's just yeah. visiting for the weekend. And just the fact that you bump into each other outside the Who shop, don't you think that's quite like... It's amazing. Amazing, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's really cool. We had a catch-up and he told me what he's up to with um, you know, college and stuff. And yeah, it's good to just catch up with people, you know. And he yeah. was with his mum. His mum's lovely as well. She goes everywhere yeah. with Callum. She's a good laugh as well. So yeah, um, yeah, it was just nice to to bump into somebody. And it's nuts, like you say. You know, it's somebody that lives in Scotland who's down in London for the weekend just happened to to bump into him at the Who shop, so. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And yeah. he, he bought a few little bits. I'm trying to think what he got because he did show me. I think he bought the Master's Ring. That's right. Uh, yep. I didn't remember. Um, I can't remember what else he got. He'll be he... shouting at the podcast, won't he? I, I can't think what else he got, but he got some a few little goodies as well. Yeah, I think he got a couple of comics and, and something yeah. else, yeah. But yeah, the Master's Ring looks pretty good. Yeah, very nice. So that was good. Um, other than that, a very quiet... Um, uh, week for me. Um, the only other bit of Who that I watched, with the exception of uh, Town Called Mercy, is Earthshock. Oh, so yeah, that was good. Was Adric right, or will we never know? We'll never know. <laughs> Do you know what? I bloody love Earthshock. Now, careful, because we haven't reviewed it. Don't say too much. Do you know what? I think it's uh, not for the reason that you think. Uh, when I say I oh. bloody love it, I'm not. This is not a review, but the end credits. You know where Sorry. there's just no music and it's just yeah. Adric's badge on it. Yeah. That's that's very um, I don't know. It just gets me every time that ending. You know, yeah. I don't know it's why. Just it's just a broken badge in a, with a black background. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I love that ending. That is good. We must review that episode. We haven't done it, have we? No, I am right. No, we'll we'll have to get around to doing that one. Yeah. So yeah, mm. put that on. That's good. I need to have a mm. bit of classic here each week, but yeah, a bit of Davison. Yeah, mm. yeah. I reckon we should uh, let's rattle through some news, shall we? Yes. First up, we spoke about this a, a lot recently. It seems to be a popular thing. Mm, with, it does, yeah. So those of you that have listened to our podcast for a while would know that we're big, big fans of the Lethbridge-Stewart range of books, um, which is by uh, which is published by Candy Jar Books. And they have opened up submissions so you can get your story out there in a book in the Lethbridge Stuart range. So you have up until, I think it is, where is it? Uh, April, I think it's the end of April. Uh, you, uh, the 29th of April, uh, you have to write a short story and you can email it in. And if they like what they see, if you have got some, some writing skills and so on, uh, then you're in, you're in, <laughs> you're in the club. And yeah. um, what they've done is, They've put a fact sheet out on their website. So if you just head over to um, the Candy Jar website and just do a search for Deathbridge Stewart or whatever, um, you'll see a big sort of um, poster advert thing about story submissions. And there's a PDF there. 
And um, uh, yeah, it, that's basically it. You can write your own short story for the Lethbridge Stewart range, and uh, it will go into um, a, a, a book fan submission so uh, there are a few rules obviously that we have with these things um so it has to be so you, you this is a bit of an obvious one but you you can't have written for this the series before <laughs> so unless you're like a big time author that's already done it um that's that's the first thing it, they are sort of specifying that it's a short story so it can't be you know you, if you're working on a novel at the moment and you're currently up to page 1500 and whatever then that's not going to fly for this. So it has to be a short story. Um, and it has to be, um, uh, you, you have to be able to uh, describe your short story in one line. So when you email your idea in, um, you need to um, give them a one line pitch um, and then your details. And then, yeah, there you go. It's a great range to be a part of, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's a man. really nice opportunity yeah. to be to be part of that range. Yeah, it's really cool. So this is to celebrate fifty years of the brig. Wow! Essentially. So it's like you know a good way of celebrating because um, the brig lives on, you know, in um, yeah. uh, in some of the big finish stuff, and now the Lethbridge Stewart range um, that was kicked off by our friend Mr. Andy, Mr. Andy Frankemanon. So it's really cool that you could be a part of it. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes. But if you just head over to Candy Jar Bookstock, just do a search for it. You know, I think it's candy hyphen jar or candy jar hyphen books dot com or whatever it is, just do a search for it. You'll definitely see it on there. And you could have your short story published in a book. Mm, do pretty it. Pretty fab. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fab stuff. Okay. Uh, in other news, um, US fans, uh, you have this thing called BritBox, which is a sort of online streaming service. And uh, they have just um, added the majority of the classic series of Doctor Who. So, Pretty much all the existing stories from 1963 to 1989 are apparently now on there. Um, there are a few. Well, yeah, if if the US is, yeah. Um, So there's a couple of exclusions uh, for some reasons. There seem to be several Dalek stories that are not on there. Don't know why. And the Five Doctors is missing, Mm. which is a criminal. I expect it could be added. Um, But uh, other things that are on there, which you might not expect. So Adventure in Space and Time is on there. The Five-ish Doctors is on there. That's quite good, isn't it? That's cool. Uh, To be able to watch that. So, and and yeah, practically everything else. I think it's just one or two omissions, uh, probably due to getting the um, rights to stories or whatever. I don't know, copyrights, blog. and Termination, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. all that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, the majority of it's on there. So uh, if you've got BritBox... Um, I don't really know. Well, it's just an online streaming service, isn't it? I don't really know much about BritBox, but yeah. I'm sure people out there do. Yeah. So, yeah. So BritBox was set up by the BBC and ITV Oh. to give our US friends a chance to watch all of the British stuff that goes out that doesn't necessarily end up on US TV until, you know, with the exception of who and stuff, but, you know, other things that might not end up on US TV for like several months after we've, we've had it here. Um, yeah, they can stream it. All the BBC stuff. Uh, you missed out Canine Company, mate. That's going to be on. Oh there. yeah, how did I miss that? <laughs> your fave, <laughs> your fave tin dog. Yes, mistress. <laughs> uh, I think this is awesome because I remember when I very first signed up to uh, Netflix. I think years ago. I think about three or four years ago, uh, they had most of Classic Who on there, but it's since all been removed. Ah, and uh, it yeah, it's removed ages ago. Um, and you know, although. You know, we've got the vast collection. Well, I think you own every classic 
episode on DVD. Um, For those of us that own sort of, you know, the majority of Classic Q, it's okay just to sling a DVD on, but it's also cool just to browse through um, something like Netflix or BritBox just to see, ah, cool, going to watch Pyramids of Mars tonight. Just fancy, you know, as as you're flicking through. So uh, this is really cool for US peeps. It is good. It's not very often you get the BBC and ITV working together. That's why I gasped because they're like two <laughs> Dalek fractions, aren't they? Working together. So yeah, that's very cool for our US buddies. Yes, yes, very good. Right, uh, very quickly uh, moving on to right. So this one, this is big. This is big. This is big. This is big. Mm. So. I think it was the Sun newspaper, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it the Sun? <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, so in the UK, we've got this awful bloody rag called the Sun. <laughs> and uh, Chip fodder, chip yes, paper. Yeah, and uh, they leaked this story online, and then the BBC had no choice but to confirm it because it was true. So anyway, uh, John Sim, uh, the guy who famously played the master back in the Tenant era, is returning as the master for Series 10. Yes. And they've released a little statement. He's even got a little quote from John Sim that says, I can confirm that it's true. Thanks to the power of time travel, I'm back. Uh, It's always a pleasure to work with this great team of people, and I can't wait for you all to see what the master gets up to in the next series. Yes. Uh, Moffat goes on to say, uh, nothing stays secret for long on Doctor Who, but you have to wait a bit longer to see exactly what the master is up to and how he makes his return to face the Doctor. It's been a huge pleasure uh, to have fan favourite John Sim and Michelle Gomez face-to-face in the same role. It's not often you get to see a solo personality clash. Mm. So what do you reckon on this, mate? So this is going to be, I, I, for me, I would say that this is going to give us a little insight into how uh, the master regenerated into a lady. Mm. I hope so, because I'd yeah. like to see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, uh, mate, but I... I just can't believe it. Like when I, when I heard uh-huh. when this sort of first broke, I completely dismissed it. I was like, don't be silly. There's no way because Sim, you know, has, has been quite vocal about, you know, he enjoyed being on dot two, but not so much the sort of, um, fandom side of it, if you like. And, you know, he, he's, he's just not the sort of actor I imagined coming back to it. Cause he's, he's reminds me a bit of Chris Eccleston that he's, he's very much, uh, you know, does a, it's a job to him. It's just a job and he moves on to the next job. And I just, I couldn't see him coming back. So I don't know about you, but I was absolutely shocked when this was confirmed uh, officially by the BBC. I was like, serious? He's he's actually coming back. Um, and me personally, I'm I'm thrilled because although, although I found him, his performance as a master over the top, um, he is a fantastic actor. And I'm hoping... He's coming back to because I think he said as well that he would have if he'd have done it, did it again, he would would have liked to have toned it down a bit. So I'm hoping he's coming back in that mindset, thinking, right, I'm going to play him. Hopefully that give him a bit more freedom on, you know, doing it how he wants to do it. And let's, and let's see a slightly more. Uh, well, I don't know if he will be calmer, but do you know what I mean? Because I'm thinking he's going to be opposite Missy. So I don't know how that's going to go down. But, um, yeah, I'm just very excited that he's coming back. And I think him and him and uh, Missy are going to spark off each other really well, actually. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I was exactly the same as you, I think. When mm. I first read it, I was like, no way. This is right out of left field to have John Sim yeah. come back. It's uh, yeah, I still it's can't quite believe it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, we haven't really spoken about John Sims Master very much because I don't think we've got round to reviewing much of his stories yet with Tennant. I think we've only no. Re- no. In fact, I don't think we've reviewed any of of his stuff yet. Or maybe hmm, no, we must have done anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we haven't really spoke about him much on this podcast. But uh, I would say that this is excellent news if we can see a bit more of a sinister, mm. karma master from him. Because uh, yeah, he did say, didn't he, in a couple of interviews that he was sort of directed to go completely bonkers yeah. in certain episodes and really go mad go with it and stuff. It. So he was a bit crazy. But uh, yes, I, I think this is cool. And it'll be really interesting to see how him and Michelle Gomez uh, play this out. Mm. Very interested you, to see this. Do you think it's going to be a proper full-on episode? Or do you think he's literally come back to do a little bit, maybe just a regeneration or just a, you know, do you think he's going to be proper full-on double master story i mean there's loads of theories kicking off out there which i love as well people are saying well missy's going to reveal that she was the rani all along and she was just pretending (laughs) to be the master and all that so but do you think he's going to be like a proper full-on double master story because i think that'd be amazing it's never been done on tv before is it they've done it on big finish but they've not done it on tv before um i'm not sure i mean i hope it's not just like a little cameo because that would be disappointing, I think. Yeah, I, I would say that we're going to get a, an episode about the Masters, I would mm, say. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Masters, actually, thank you very much. I need to s- quick shout out to um, uh, the host productions, Ben Lett, because I was about to dive you know, feet first into ordering the, the two Masters from Big Finish. And he was like, no, 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 you need to listen to the two previous stories first. So, he, Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so he saved me, so... um. I picked up the first one. What was it? And you will obey me, which That's is a Davison yeah. story. Yeah. So thank you, Ben. I almost uh, went in at the the wrong end of the story arc there. That's uh, right. But yeah, I think it, I think we're going to get at least one uh, one story about the master. You, you, well, you can't have Michelle Gomez and John Sim back for just a couple of scenes. Surely not. You know, it has to be. Mm. You, you either go for it or you don't do it. So I reckon yeah. it's going to be at least a, a, an episode. I hope so. And just quickly coming back to the spoiler thing. So, I mean, obviously the sun broke the article, uh, which then, like you said, forced the BBC's hand to confirm it. Um, But to be honest, they've only got themselves to blame because apparently, and we spoke about this, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or after we finished recording, but we were saying about the Moffat said at the press screening of episode one last week, right, we're going to show you a trailer now. And there's a massive spoiler in this trailer. Um, so I'm telling, I'm recommending you close your eyes like people are going to do that. <laughs> so obviously this trailer <laughs> that they got to see had the master in it, John Sim. And I can imagine all the fans. Oh, actually, it was press, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah. But um, so I had that in it. So the BBC did actually leak it to the press at the, you know, the premiere screening, but obviously hopes that they would follow the tradition that they've done in the last few years and keep quiet. And in this case, they didn't keep quiet. Um, but it was, I mean, just putting that in a trailer, it's, it's, you know, it's just asking for trouble, really. It's only a matter of time <laughs> before it's going to get out. So I don't know when they plan to actually release this bit of news. Um, but I think, I'm assuming we would have got to see that trailer after. So we'll get to see that trailer this weekend, won't we? It'll be the trailer after the pilot, I, I assume. Think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I guess we would have found out then anyway. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm only assuming. Um, we'll see. Maybe it's uh, 
mid-series trailer. Who knows? But yeah, so the BBC kind of put it in there, which is quite surprising uh, mm-hmm. that they would put that in a, you know, a big spoiler in the trailer. But obviously it just got leaked early. Uh, so there we go. John Sim as the master. Yeah. Right. Should we move on to the last bit of news? I'll go on in. Yeah, which is the Series 10 episode titles have, uh, have all been released. Um, I'm, I was going to say confirmed, but I suppose they could still change them a little bit because one of them's changed, we noticed, didn't we? Yes. Um, yep. Where are they? Where's my list? Right. So the episode titles for Series 10. I'll just go rattle through these and I just want to see what you think to these, Gary. So the pilot we've known for quite some time is the first one. Second episode, uh, that's the Frank Cottrell Boyce one, isn't it, with the emoji robot? That's right. That's called Smile. Yeah, what was that before? That was... Um, I'm not sure. Or was that... Hold on. That's not the one that's changed, is it? No, that's not no. the one that's changed. No, I'll, I'll come on to that one. So the, then after that, we've got uh, Thin Ice. Now, I assumed that was going to be the Ice Warrior story. Um, but having looked at the synopsis for the episode, I don't think it is. Mm. Uh, I'm just trying to get to it. Let's have a look. I'm looking at this on the Radio Times, which isn't the easiest website to read. So Thin Ice. No, it's about people disappearing on ice. And it's, uh, it looks like it's written by Sarah Dollard. So hopefully it's good because she wrote Face the Raven, didn't she? Yeah, that was very cool. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's about people disappearing on ice. Um, episode four, that's the one that's changed. That's That was called um, The Haunted Hub. And it's now called Knock Knock. Ah, uh, yes. And this is the episode with um, David Suchet in. Primal. Uh, so that's that's quite good. Uh, what's the synopsis for that one? Um, see, apparently he's playing a creepy landlord. Uh, and this is the one about the floorboards creaking that Peter Capaldi seems to be really, you know, been talking a lot about. So that's going to be good. Episode five is called Oxygen. Um, and it's something to do with a space station um, where... Uh, what is it? Space suits are the most precious thing on there or something. A fight mm-hmm. for space suits. Yeah, synopsis for that one sounds a bit vague and not too sure. Episode six is uh, written by the Moffat. Uh, Mrs. Back, it's called Extremist. I think that could possibly be the master story, you know. Well, I'm thinking so, yeah. Mm. Um, it's about a book that once that once you read it, everybody who reads it takes their own life. So it sounds like quite a dark story, that one. Yeah. 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 So as I said, there's synopsis for all these stories. I won't read them all out because again, they're quite spoilery, but I'll just give you the gist of it. Um, The next one's the one about the pyramid. So that's actually called the pyramid at the end of the world. Um, And it's something about uh, that this pyramid has appeared out of nowhere and the doctor's intrigued by it. So apparently it's a pyramid that's there, but wasn't there yesterday. Sutek. Uh, Sutek. Do you reckon? No. Oh. <laughs> I got excited there thinking, could it Could it be Sutek? Could it be? God, that now hope would be nice if they've managed to keep that surprise. Uh, episode eight is called The Lie of the Land. Lie spelled L-I-E. Uh, mm. What's that one about? Toby Whithouse. Mass Illusion. Oh, it's a Toby Whithouse one. Yeah. Could and um the doctor's fighting on the wrong side, mm. apparently, and can can Bill show him the error of his ways or something along those lines? That's that might be quite good. Mm. Um, episode nine, the Empress of Mars, Empress of Mars. So that's the Ice Warrior one. Yeah, Mark Gatiss. Yep, M- Mark Gatiss. Yeah, it's a, that's a Victorian London one as well, isn't it? It is. Yep. So do you reckon that's? Do you think that'll tie in with the ice thin ice one, or do you think it's, there's nothing to do with this? Uh, I don't think there's anything between. 
You don't. Them. No. Okay. Um, then we've got the Eaters of Light, cool uh, which is the yeah. Rona Monroe one. So I've been looking forward to that because uh, we were quite excited when Rona was mm. was announced. Um, what's that one about? Uh, sorry, Rona Monroe. She was from the classic years. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah she wrote Survivor, didn't she? Yes. Yep. Um, something about a doorway leading to the end of the world that one <laughs> so that'd be interesting and then finally the last two so episode 11 this is a weird title isn't it it's called world enough and time world enough and time world enough and time does that even make sense as a title world enough and yeah i'm not sure it's the moffat so it's written by stephen moffat um I don't know. Is this a two-parter leading up to the end? Possibly. It is, they are, it is a two-parter. Yep. It is a two-parter, is it? So uh, what's this one say? Um, friendship drives the doctor into the rashest decision of his life. Mm. Okay. I mean, yeah, for once, time is the Time Lord's enemy, it says. Okay. And then that's going to lead into episode 12. Uh, so the final episode of series 10, which is called The Doctor Falls, which is a very Moffat title, isn't it? That it is written by it Stephen is. Moffat. Yeah. Um, it's got the Cybermen. It's got Michelle Gomez, it says. Um, and there's not a lot to, to go on on that one. They're keeping that one quite secret. But it says um, the Mondasian Cybermen are on the rise. It's time for the Doctor's final battle. Mm-hmm. Final battle? What about Christmas? Yeah, the Christmas Or is he really going? Because obviously at the end of the trailer, we got to see that hand start to regenerate i mean sh- is he oh, is he going at the end of 10 or surely they're not going to do a christmas with a new doctor like they did with with david are they um i no. don't no i'm sure he's here for christmas uh, yeah i'm i'm yeah well we read it somewhere didn't we we said that he, i hope that, so that, i like like to think we're going to get a christmas one more christmas special with capaldi no he is yeah he's he's back for the christmas special yeah 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 it's just the moth being a tease as usual isn't of it? course I think. Yeah. So what do you reckon the episode titles? Because I think we've got some good ones in there. And then there's a couple in there which I'm not over impressed with. So like um, that one about the world and time or whatever. This seems a rubbish title. And the Doctor Falls is very predictable and bland. But other ones are like, you know, like um, the Empress of Mars and Pyramid at the End of the World and stuff. And there's some other extremists, you know, some other stuff that sounds quite good. It does. I like the, but, one, yeah. I like the one about the book. That if you read it, you know, no one has survived after reading it. That's quite interesting. Hmm. I think there's some great titles in there. Knock Knock sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, obviously, The Pilot. We still don't know if that's a reference to, you know, episode one of a series being a pilot or if it's, yeah. you know, flying something, pilot. Uh, so interested by that one. The Pyramid at the End of the World sounds awesome. Uh, the Eaters of Light sounds great. Doctor Falls. I think that's I think that's not going to be what we... I don't think we're going to... The, the Doctor Falls seems... Seems too much of an obvious title. I it think does. it's going to be something different to what we expect with that one. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, mm. some good stuff though. There is some good stuff, and if you want to, uh, listeners, if you want to read the full synopsis for each episode, they are all on the Radio Times website. Um, it's not the easiest site to read because they've got so many blimmin' adverts on there. That's why I was just <laughs> struggling to go through it just now. But if you want to read it, the synopsis for each episode are really interesting. Um, but again. For those of you that don't like big spoilers, I don't want to go into full synopsis details. But if you want to read them, they're all on there. Go and have a look. So some of the stuff we've got coming up sounds blimmin' exciting, I would say. It does. Yeah. Series 10, come on. Come on. A few days to go. All right, that's going to wrap for news. Mm-hmm. Shall we get our friend in, see what he's got? Yeah, what's he got? Match corner. Match corner. 
merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Comics. We love comics. Titan Comics, in fact. Mm. So the last couple of years, Titan Comics have uh, done this uh, yearly event called Doctor Who Comics Day. And this year is no different. We have a date now. So September the 2nd will be Doctor Who Comics Day. So this will be good. So once Series 10 has been and gone and we're waiting for the Christmas special, this is a cool little event sort of in the middle. And those of you that haven't or don't know of it or haven't been involved in it before, essentially... Uh, a load of comic book shops around the world. Uh, in the UK, for us, it's the Forbidden Planet stores. Mm-hmm. They do uh, a full day of uh, Doctor Who coolness um, revolving around the comics. So what they normally do, and I think um, they'll, they're likely to do something similar, they have like signing events at all the different uh, comic book shops. So we normally get um, a, a bunch of artists and authors and stuff from Titan Comics who has worked on? Who have worked on the Doctor Who range? They will uh, be around signing hundreds of <laughs> of comic stuff. They do free comics as well. You normally get um, a handful of free comics um, as well. You also get um, some exclusive merch around that time. Um, and they also the the comic book shops normally run offers in conjunction with that as well. So you normally get like offers on Doctor Who books and comics as well as um, sometimes they. Uh, I think year before last, Forbidden Planet did an offer on Pop Funkos on oh, Comics yeah. Book Day, and they also did an offer on some of the figures as well. So that's cool. So mark your calendars for this year, September the 2nd. Um, so I know that they do a lot of stuff over in the US. Um, I think they do a lot of stuff down under as well. Mm. Um, so you just need to check. You just need to keep your eye on, if you don't follow Titan comics on Twitter, give them a follow because they normally like a month or two, or at least a month in the run up to the event, they'll start tweeting out who's going to be signing and where. And, and if you keep an eye on forbidden planet, if you're in the UK and stuff, you, you know, you'll, you'll get a heads up on who's going to be signing and where it's normally the forbidden planet megastore in London that host the signings for us. Yeah, not sure about anywhere else, but yeah, um, it's normally about half a dozen people. It's really good, uh, and like I said, you normally get some free stuff as well, which is always good. Yeah, it's always good to have free stuff. Free stuff, yeah. So September second, Titan Doctor Who Comics Day. Put it in your diary, right? Okay, um, BBC Store are doing some offers. Well, doing a offer um, off a third off all classic Doctor Who episodes from them. Uh, mm. This this offer is valid from the 10th to the 23rd of April, so you've still got a week and a bit. Is that right? Where are we? The 12th, <laughs> I don't yeah, even know so what the date is. Yeah, 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 I've totally lost track of time. So yeah, if you want any classic Doctor Who from BBC Store, um, you can get a third off. Um, you don't have to enter a code or anything. I think it's, they're already discounted, aren't they? I Correct. assume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's you were saying earlier. I mean, I I own all of the dvds but it's sometimes not i do sometimes like to have the digital one like if i'm going on holiday or something i sometimes like to have one to watch uh, personally i'm not a massive fan of the bbc store i think they still need to to, to, to work on it a little bit um but yeah. but you know yeah. the price wise they're not bad and it's, it's certainly not a bad uh, online service to be honest with you so yes if you've got a bbc store account or even if you haven't and you want some classic doctor who Now's a good time to get some. Absolutely. Um, like Adam said, there is no code for this one. All we need to do is go to store.bbc.com 
forward slash explore forward slash offers. So they're only running this offer at the moment, so it's only who on this page. And what's interesting with this is uh, they've actually grouped some of the... So not every single episode is available on the BBC store from the classic years. Um, but where they've got a certain series where they do have all the episodes available, they've grouped them into a series that you can buy. So, for example, oh. you can buy John Pertwee uh, Series 8 for 20 quid or Series okay. 7 for 20 quid. So um, if you were to go into Series 7, that gives you, you know, that. well, I'm not sure if it's every episode, but they, they've grouped them into a series. Right. So you get like Spearhead, Silurians, Ambassadors of Death, Inferno, you know. So you yeah. get all that stuff in there as a series. So if you were thinking, hmm, uh, you know, I really like all of, you know, say, for example, Tom Baker, Series 12, um, you get Robot, Ark in Space, Santana Experiment, Genesis of the Daleks, Revenge of the Sideman, it's a cracking series, Series 12. Um, mm. That's on there for 14 quid. That's really good, actually. So I mean, that yep. is good. So yeah. some really good stuff on there. So mm. if, if you haven't... Um, I'm not quite there yet. I mean, I know I've, I've sort of transitioned mainly over to digital for Big Finish, but I'm not quite there yet for, for Classic Who on DVD, although I do own, I think, about half a dozen stories on the BBC store, but that was just when I was sort of testing it out when they first launched. Yeah. But if you were thinking of diving in or, you you know, you, like we we're talking about, you, it's just handy to have it digitally sometimes if you're out and about or you're traveling or whatever, you want to watch them. Um, now it's a great time. So there's great prices on um, on some of the Who stuff. So uh, some of them are really cheap as well. Like we re- we reviewed um, the Hartnell story, The Aztecs. Mm. And not many people sort of talk about that one much, but it's a cracking story. Yeah, it's a good one. And that's three quid. So if you were to buy, I know if you buy the DVD, it's like, what, six pounds, I think here? Yeah. Like $10 in the US, whatever. Um, so for three quid or three pounds 30, whatever. That's a nice little steal. So it's worth having a, a browse around on there, and especially the, when they group them into series as well. It's really worth picking that up if you want to uh, um, grab some of the, the cool episodes in a series. Yep. Mm, yeah, good prices, I have to say. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Um, and lastly, um, Forbidden Planet are going to be celebrating <laughs> the return of Doctor Who. Funny how they're just their name can make me laugh. Yeah, Forbidden Planet. <laughs> Forbidden Planet. Um, uh, so for Easter Saturday, the 15th, which happens to be when Doctor Who comes back for Series 10, mm. uh, if you wander into a Forbidden Planet in the UK, and we're talking about ForbiddenPlanet.com, yes. the guys with the rocket. If you, if you wander into one of their stores, uh, first 50 people uh, will get um, uh, a bunch of Doctor Who comics for free. Mm. Uh, additionally, the first 30 paying customers will get a free poster and, um, uh, they've got activity packs and badges and stuff, uh, um, for, you know, like the, you know, we, we mentioned months ago now, the mashup between Mr. Men and Dr. Who. Yeah. So, yeah. um, they've also got packs and badges about that stuff as well. And, uh, there's a signing, um, uh, Adam Hargreaves. Um, plus, they're doing an offer on some of the um, the figures as well. So, Enemies of the Doctor, Enemies of the Third Doctor, and the Chase action sets. You can pick up all three packs for 15 quid. Wow, that's, that's unbelievable. Which I think, well, how much is one pack? Uh, well, like, I think um, 
I think just I forget which one it is now. Just the I think is it, it the enemies or the chase set. One of them was forty. Well, was reduced to forty nine nine. I think it used to be thirty pounds just for one set, um, and then it got reduced to forty nine nine. So to get all three sets for forty nine nine is is amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The so the chase at the moment is fifteen quid at Forbidden Planet. Yeah, uh, but you can get enemies of the first and enemies of the third, all three packs for fifteen quid. Sure, I know you want that enemies of the third. Oh, of course, because it's got the Drashig, of course, hand puppet. Yeah, come on, when are you going to get it? Your life is not complete without a Drashig hand, Drashig hand puppet. It's not easy to say that. <laughs> I think the only time I'll own anything Drashig merch related, related uh, if somebody buys it for me as a present. Oh, right, and then it will just be used as a doorstop or whatever. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's most of the um, the uh, forbidden. That's a good idea. It's most <laughs> of the forbidden planet <laughs> sto- stores. Uh, it's all going on from nine a.m. Um, yeah. Some of the uh, stores open at ten. So the London Mega Stores doesn't do this until ten. The new Newcastle Mega Store is half nine, but some of the others it's nine o'clock. So, if you're after some Who free stuff and some bargains, you're going to need to get there at nine o'clock or whenever it opens because these especially these three packs for 15 quid they won't hang about no they won't if you no. wander in there at lunchtime you'll be disappointed mm. so get in there yes that's gonna do for much mm. i think we should get on to our route into so, adam mm. what we're gonna do in our watch this review this week boy <laughs> hey there gary <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, Stetson's on uh, because it's the 11th Doctor story, A Town Called Mercy. Let him come back, Doctor. Or what? You won't shoot me, Amy. How do you know? Maybe I've changed. I mean, you've clearly been taking stupid lessons since I saw you last. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, everyone who isn't an American, drop your gun. We could end this right now. We could save everyone right now. This is not how we roll, and you know it. What's happened to you, Doctor? When did killing someone become an option? Jax has to answer for his crimes. And what then? Are you going to hunt down everyone who's made a gun or a bullet or a bomb? But they keep coming back. Don't you see? Every time I negotiate, I try to understand. Well, not today. No. Today, I honour the victims first. His, the Masters, the Daleks, all the people who died because of my mercy. See, this is what happens when you travel alone for too long. Well, listen to me, Doctor. We can't be like him. We have to be better than him. Amelia Pond. <sighs> fine, fine. We think of something else. But frankly, I'm betting on the gunslinger. Amelia Pond. Mm. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs> well, town called Mercy. Yeah, our last, our last review until series ten kicks in. Mm. So let's get into it. So originally broadcast on fifteenth of September, twenty twelve. Wow! It was written by uh, Toby Whithouse, directed by Sol Metstein. I think I'm saying that correctly. Metstein. I think so. Never heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure you're saying it right. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, And the plot is thus, the Doctor and Amy and Rory uh, land out in the Wild West, it would seem. Uh, I'm not sure what year 
It was just before electricity was invented, by Oof. all accounts. And the town is in fear of this cyborg uh, uh, killing machine thing that's kind of stalking uh, the town. And the reason why he's stalking the town is because he's after revenge on the people that created him. So on this planet somewhere, where is it? On this planet somewhere, there was a bunch of scientists and they basically took innocent people and ran loads of horrible tests on them to create these cyborgs. And uh, this cyborg, which is called uh, Carla Jax, I believe. Nope, hold on. No, that's the other guy, isn't it? Uh, the Gunslinger is his nickname. Uh, they do mention his real name, but uh, yeah, the Gunslinger. He's like the last one and he's hunting down uh, the scientists that create him. Uh, and then the doctor sort of turns up sort of mid drama, if you like, when mm. this is going on and um, gets suckered in for a bit, but then realizes the truth, then has a big moral decision to make. Uh, does he save um, Jex or does he hand him over to the gunslinger? And uh, he decides to, to try and save him. However, his guilt drives him to uh, to take his own life. The gunslinger then ends up as the town sheriff and everything is, well, seemingly happy ever after. Mm, off they pop. Off they go. Yeah. So, Mercy, what do you recommend? Mm. Um, yeah, not bad. Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, watchable, um, beautifully produced. Uh, it looks, is. Looks beautiful. Um, but ultimately just a bit unsatisfying for me. I kind of got to the end and thought, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> and that was it, really. I didn't really feel didn't really feel much love towards it. Just just found it a an enjoyable 45 minutes, but very middle of the road, I thought. Just didn't really ever seem to hit the spot for me this one. Seemed like there's a lot of build up and then nothing, bit more build up, okay. nothing. Yep. Um but yeah, perfectly enjoyable watch, but mm -hmm. just yeah, just didn't leave much of a an impression on me right uh, at the end really yeah okay. but it was okay yeah yeah what about you uh for me i quite like it mm -hmm. <laughs> i quite like it i just find it very there's not much substance here yeah for yeah. me um it's it's a i think it's got a couple of very very good scenes but it's just but those scenes are surrounded by just very mediocre, plodding along. Not much going on, really. Mm. Which is a which is a shame because I really like the concept. I like the uh, the idea. There was just if they, you know, uh, they blew the budget, obviously, on going to wherever this place was, you know, wherever it was filmed. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Spain. Actually, there's, there's like some Wild West set in Spain. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Although it's right. meant to be the Wild West, but it, I mean, it looks incredible. Mm. But uh, yeah, yes. Uh, so I think they blew the budget on all that stuff, and just didn't really. You know, sometimes when you're a, when you're at school and you get asked to do a project, and you get sort of wrapped up into setting everything up. You know, and you spend you've got two hours to do something, and you spend an hour and forty five minutes getting it ready. And then you got fifteen minutes to actually do the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this is what this feels like to me. Yeah, it feels yeah. like you know they put a lot of time and effort into setting everything up and getting it looking beautiful and and all that stuff and the costumes and you know it's all looks mm. it just looks amazing. It looks great, 
But then when it actually came to executing the story, you know, it just falls a little bit, a little bit flat almost. I mean, it's got a couple of good themes in there. It's, you know, the the clip that I played, you know, I love that scene where, you know, the doctor's kind of, uh, he sort of made his mind up, if you like, that Jex is mm. going to be handed over to the gunslinger. And he's, as a result of that, he's going to be killed pretty much instantly. And the doctor's doesn't really fight that. He's just, yeah, he needs to pay for what he's done. So just hand him over. But then it's down to, as we've seen many a time, the companion to, to bring him, you know, a bit of a reality check and, mm. you know, remind him of a, you know, it's not always the right thing to do. That that made me think of back to, do you remember when we reviewed Dinosaurs on a Spaceship and we were saying about how the Doctor lets um, old matey boy die yes. at the end and we yep. were saying that's that's very dark for Matt's Doctor because that's the sort of thing you can imagine Capaldi's Doctor doing but not Matt. Hmm. And I think, um, did did that did this story follow that one? Yes, it did. So yeah, I think, I, I think at the time I was thinking, oh, are we sort of seeing a slightly darker 11th Doctor now? A bit like with seven you know Sylvester McCoy's doctor I wondered if they were gonna go down that route of just making it a little bit more sinister a bit of an edge to him that we yeah, hadn't yeah. seen before and because that's because he pulls a gun out on him in this scene doesn't it which is quite shocking for the doctor mm-hmm. uh, like when Tennant does it in the doctor's daughter he's properly losing it the plot at the end of that because he's so angry yes whereas with this one the doctor does it and it's you know the reason behind it is not so uh, justified i would say so it's, it makes it even more shocking you're like oh, that's not that's not like the 11th doctor to to pull a gun out and he actually says doesn't he i honestly don't know if i've got the guts to do it and he said you know i'm telling you now i, I could quite easily pull this trigger i just don't know yeah. and i thought well, that's that's quite un unlike uh 11th doctor um to get so wound up like that but yeah it doesn't really carry on i don't what's the story after this um power three we're sort of back to the normal 11th doctor then i just thought because this had followed that that scene at the end of uh dinosaurs on spaceship i did start to wonder if we were seeing a different side um but yeah i think this is the only other bit i can think of unless there's some more later but yeah i think so yeah 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 they 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 kicked off the um they kicked off series um seven with a bit of a yeah you did question you think you know is the doctor going you know quite dark and you know he essentially lost all patience. Yeah, a bit more unpredictable. <laughs> yes, um, but mm. then, yeah, I think from the power of three, that's with the little black cubes and stuff, isn't it? That's right, yeah, I watched that for a long time, yeah. I think he's back to his normal self pretty much in that one. Mm. Uh, we don't see much of this, uh, uh, sort of, not, I wouldn't say, sort of, you know, happy to, to bump people off willy-nilly. He's not <laughs> like that, but, you know, we don't see this, um, you know, is he going to, is he going to? You know, you're going to do it but yeah so that scene I really like and then I like the final scene as well so where they've set everything up for uh, Jex to escape but then when he gets into his ship he gives that little speech to the gunslinger about you know I'm I'm ending this you know I'm ending it for you too and I need to pay mm-hmm. for my crimes and stuff and um, and uh, he, he ultimately blows his own ship up and you know, yeah because he, he says doesn't he that if he, go, if he says if I leave uh, if I go somewhere else you'll just follow me and then I'll just be doing the same thing again on a different planet. So the only way out of this really is to, yeah, to blow up, blow yeah. myself up. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice that, yeah that was quite cool. And, and it leads on from a conversation that he had with the doctor earlier on where mm. he says that his, I'm not sure if he says it's one of his people's sort of traditions or 
myths or whatever, but, you know, all the people that, you know, if you take other people's lives, when you finally go, you need to carry them up the mountain to, yeah, you know, so I thought that was quite nice. And it sort of leads on from that. And because he says, like, you know, I'm hoping that the souls of the people I've taken will be kind sort of thing. And so, I liked that idea, didn't you? I thought that was a real nice uh, is metaphor the right word? I don't yes. know. I just thought that yeah. was a nice bit of writing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. So I like those scenes in it. But other than that, it was surrounded by just, uh, I don't know, really. It's just, it, it seems like it was setting up something very big and it was, you know, driving forward to something that we, you know, but it just, mm. yeah, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of, pacing around thinking isn't there yeah in the in the middle yeah. that's what i found like you said I, I i agree with you i really like this idea of this sort of um is he described as a war criminal or something jex yes so i like this yeah. idea of this person we think's you know nice and he's actually a war criminal but actually he's got a side to him that really regrets it all so he's a very quite a nice rounded character um and like you said it's a good idea having this gunslinger who he's ultimately created in a way saying you know i've come to get you because of what you did to me and so there's there's you know there's some good stuff going on in terms of story um but yeah like you said there's just too much just faffing around and not getting on with it and ultimately i think that's what i mean it's just unsatisfying because yeah you can only really i mean the way they end it it does tie everything up nicely um i just don't know how else they could have done it i mean the doctor was never don't think was ever gonna you know get get him executed I just don't think that was going to happen so there wasn't really any other way out of it I don't think no yeah no. you're right yeah mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about some of the direction and and that stuff so mm. you mentioned that it's a it's a great looking episode yeah I really like the you know they made full use of being out in this wild west set didn't mm. they and oh yeah um, you know the typical kind of uh, desolate desert kind of setting and so on it looks just really good I mean it's um We've seen these kind of, not the Wild West so much, but we've seen um, like deserts and quarries before many a time in Who, but this, it looked like a film. Oh, it did. It, it's a, yeah, it's, it's amazing. The scenery is incredible. Um, and I, I joked earlier, I hadn't heard of, um, who was the director? Soul, how would you say his name? Uh, Met, Met Stein. Stein. Met Stein. Met Stein. Yep. Yeah, I joked earlier, I hadn't heard of them, but um, I, I thought the direction was really good, actually. Not, I mean, I can't put the, you know, the slowness of the story is, is definitely not down to the direction because, um, you know, it, it tries to do everything to put, put a bit of uh, excitement in there, even mm. in scenes when really there is nothing going on. So, yeah, it looks amazing. Mm. It really does. It's a, a beautiful episode to watch. He's a great director as well. He did quite a lot in, in For Who, didn't he, in this series. So he did the previous one, Dinosaurs. He did this one. He did The Snowmen. Oh, right. He did The Crimson Horror, and he did The Name of the Doctor. Okay. So he's done quite a bit for sort of um, modern who. Yeah. If you want to call it that. And, uh, yeah, looking back on it now, now that I'm reading some of the episodes that he's done, they all look really good, actually. They all yeah, look I very, agree with that. Yeah. Um, so props for the, the direction and so on. Pacing's fairly fairly well done i mean i think it needs to be like you said there's a lot of pacing around and thinking Mm. and conversations and stuff so i think based on the script and you have a lot of those scenes where it's just people you know walking around and not you know outside of the action scenes um i think the pacing and the editing needed to be a little bit slower than what you'd expect from a a modern doctor who episode Mm. Um, because that's if you think back to you know the majority of westerns 
that were made years ago. They're all like that. You know, if you take a, you take away everything outside of the the shootouts and the action bits, they're all like that, aren't they? They're all fairly yeah, laid true. back and yeah. you know, laid back and uh chilled and you know, there's no there's none there's no fast cuts between stuff. It's quite quite chilled. Yeah, sort of simmers. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I just think, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think the gunslinger looks amazing. I really love the costume and the, the mm-hmm. prosthetics on his face. And I think he looks great. I, just tying this into the direction or the story, I'm not quite sure. Maybe be interesting to hear what you think. But I think one of the biggest problems I have with it is that he looks great, but I never feel any threat from him. Like even when he's walking through the town, and there's a scene where a kid's like he goes into a church or something and a yes. kid's terrified. Yep. I don't know why. I was just sort of thinking, I'm not sure if it's down to the direction or just the story or something. But there is no threat from that guy. And there should be because he looks pretty um, kick ass, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> he, does. he looks great. Yep. Um, and he does pretty, you know, he does finish someone off in the uh, before the credits even roll. So he should be scary. But to me, he wasn't, and I don't know why. I don't. Did you, why? Why do you, do you? Why do you think he wasn't scary, or do you think he was scary? I don't know. I think that's because they gave us an insight into his vulnerability. Yeah. So he was very reluctant to harm anyone else, wasn't he? He was only that's after right. these scientist guys that created the cyborg. So mm. he wasn't, and it's not until. Yeah, it does show that vulnerable side because there's a bit in the story where he's talking to the doctor, isn't he? And the doctor's saying, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. We can, whatever. And he says to him, tomorrow, no more warning shots and stuff. I will kill, you know, innocent people until I get to Jex. So at that point, I thought, you know, now it's getting a bit scary. Now he's getting a bit threatening. But then, like you said, he walks through the town. He doesn't kill anybody. He goes into the church just stares at him, stares at little girl and then walks out. So I think, yeah, that, that did dilute his, his, his threateningness, you know, threatening nature as a, this killing machine. Yeah. The sort of tension was gone for me. I was thinking, yeah. you know, he, he could be really good, but they, he, I think like you said, because they show that maybe they give that away too early on or something, but there just was no threat from him. And then, and it, it took away all the tension for the episode for me. It did. Right. Yeah. But I may, I, I think that's probably by design, though, because I think yeah. because he's he was once human or humanoid, and they turned him into this horrible machine. I think it's meant to be like his his human side mm. is meant to be showing through. Still, he's not completely consumed by the the war machine aspect of it all. Yeah, I guess because they were created, weren't they, to win? Because the the planet where these people were from. Um, which the name always escapes me where these guys. Oh, I can't from. remember. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the scientist Jex, uh, Kala Jex, um, they were losing the war, weren't they? Against yeah. whoever they were fighting against. So these cyborgs were made specifically to kill in war. So I think if we had more of that stuff, it would have been threatening, but because his human side was there, you know, it did. Um, yeah. You did kind of think, Oh, well, that's not, what he said he was going to do. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for him to probably kick off. Maybe they couldn't do much <laughs> on the sets or something because I, I mean those, those um, the actual buildings uh, where they filmed it are all there as part of an existing set. It's not like the BBC built them. 
they're an existing set that's used by film companies and whatever. So perhaps they couldn't do too much to structure because I think he does he does blow a clock up. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> no, I do remember that, but yeah. I think that might be the only thing he does blow up mm. from what I, I don't know from what I remember anyway. Yeah. So, but maybe that's why because as I say, the sets weren't built by the BBC, so perhaps they were a bit restricted in what you could <laughs> what you could do. Yeah. Well, it, it was in um, Almira in Spain, wasn't it? In the Almira. desert. Yeah. Mm. And apparently the sets there. Uh, they were reused from many a Western. Um, mm. So I think a lot of Westerns were used that area. You know, it's probably cheaper than trucking over to the States to do all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, maybe that's the only thing that they could get away. I mean, it didn't look, that's the one thing that didn't look great, to be honest with you, was the clock when it exploded. You oh, could, no. You, you could tell that somebody had gone up the ladder and just put a plastic clock face in and stuff and, yeah, but, I, I must admit, I did think that, actually. Yeah, it, yeah, it looked a bit feeble. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, having said that, I mean, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the gunslinger and his use of tension and fear in the story wasn't... It was okay. There were certain moments where he, I thought he was going to pull the trigger, but, yeah, he didn't actually do it, but... I think um, the most frustrating one is when uh, Jex is right in front of him as well. Like, you know, when the Doctor throws him out. Oh, across the I mean, line. He's very, yeah. yeah, and he's very quick to shoot before that scene. And then when he's actually got Jex in front of him, the guy he's been waiting for, he, I think, what was that story you said about it? Is it Silver Nemesis last week? He seems to have, take an age to yeah. decide to shoot him. And by that point, yeah. he's on the, back on the other side of the line. I think, well, he, he's been after this guy. Would have just done it within, you know, would have just done it by now. So mm. that was a bit silly. Yeah. Mm. bit <laughs> silly. What did you think to the, the concept of having the border around the town which was just bones and wood and stuff and that was their <laughs> yeah. protection from the gunslinger what do you reckon to that because i didn't think that was much of a, a threat, um because really, he just stepped over it at one point and just went into the town anyway <laughs> i kind of thought yeah i mean I, I just kind of saw that as being more symbolic than anything i just assumed right. that they was a bit like you know a bit like when you draw a line in the sand you say right step over that line mate step over that line oh, i'll right. punch your blimmin <laughs> face in and then you step over the line and you say oh, well if you okay you've stepped over the line now but if you step over this line yeah. you know what i mean I, I just saw it symbolic uh, oh, okay. that they just put it there to say you know this is the barrier between you and me but i don't know i, I didn't think too much of that oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um sort of the main um yeah if you take away the the um the the theme of that the this monster if you like sort of stalking the town after this guy um the main sort of crux of the story is the moral aspect isn't it which they do visit quite a lot in who over yeah. the years so the moral aspect is the gunslinger throws down an ultimatum doesn't he you either hand over jex or i start killing innocents by noon tomorrow or whatever it is mm. and the town's basically like a few of them sort of gang up and say you know we're going to hand him over and the doctor has to talk him down, you know, because the doctor did that himself. You know, he threw him over the over the border, yeah. Um, you know, the protection line, whatever it is, and said, you know, you need to pay for your crimes. But then Amy convinces him otherwise, and then there's that whole, you know, the, the townsfolk are saying, you know, who are you to to come here and you know save this person? We're all in danger because if we don't hand him over, we're all dead essentially. Mm. And it's about, you know, do you sacrifice, you know, do you essentially murder somebody to save your own self or do you help regardless of someone's crimes or what they've done? Do you help them still and mm. and all that? So, yeah, I thought I quite 
yeah, I quite like that aspect of the story, that whole moral dilemma. You know, what do you do? Do you save yourself and your kids and hand over this guy knowing that he's going to be killed? Or do you not care? Do you think he should be killed because of what he's done? It's a bit Ooh. of a... They, they made it more interesting, didn't they? Because he'd, since arriving on, on Earth, uh, Jex had helped to um, save a lot of the people in that, that yep. village, which actually I thought was a, a clever way of giving you know, giving another side to the story. So these guys that were now ready to throw into the walls, um, he'd actually helped to save a lot of them, um, well, you know, even though their lives were now in danger because of him. At the end of the day, he'd almost, I wouldn't say he'd gone there and repented or anything, but he'd decided that he needed to do good because of all the bad he'd done. So again, it, it just makes for a nice moral dilemma because, you know, you can see it from all sides in a way. You're sort of thinking, well, hang on. You know, yeah. you're ready to, you're quick enough to throw him out to save your own life, but don't forget he did save you in the first place. So, you know, well, I thought that was a nice twist. Yeah, well, that's the yeah. angle that the sheriff takes, isn't it? Mm. He says that on more than one occasion where I think some, I think it's a doctor actually that says, you know, he he's a war criminal. Yeah. And the sheriff says, well, he actually saved, the, he also saved the town from cholera, I think, that's and right. something else, and he gave us electricity. So, mm. yeah, so he's done a lot for the town. And although he's kind of hiding behind this this big lie, so he's like told everybody that you know he was he was um, a, a surgeon on his home planet, you know, and he's just there and he's helping people and the rest of it. It's not until the doctor turns up that we find out his real situation and why he's hiding from the gunslinger. Mm. So it's really interesting, yeah. And I, like you say, that third angle where the sheriff's like, you know, you don't be too quick to throw him to the wolves because your kid's now alive as a result of it and you're alive and mm. so it's, it's a real big dilemma isn't it it is and he does there is comparisons between him and the doctor as well isn't there um which is interesting because uh, he's talking about yeah saving his own trying to do anything to save his own planet and wouldn't you do the same and um i guess this is sort of all leading towards the time war in the 50 you know because we're in series seven now aren't we so uh is it the end of this series that we get the war doctor or is that series eight that is series oh, i've lost track eight no it is this series isn't yep. it must be yeah so i mean oh, it's right. kind of all lead- yeah yeah it is yeah sorry yeah yeah i know I, as, as i said it all gets <laughs> modeled up over time because i was thinking that the whole way through i was thinking you know how much do we know about what the doctor's done at this point and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so there's a good comparison between you know, well, you're quick enough to judge me, Doctor, but what what about the stuff that you've done mm-hmm. to save your people and all that? And I thought, well, that's again another good, interesting, you know, uh, side to the story. Um, so there is some good, there is a good moral thing going on at the heart of this. It's just that it it's dragged out a bit. I think it just needed a bit more going on in there because there's a few, apart from the pacing around thinking very hard. Yeah. There's also a yeah. lot of um, just running away from him. And then running back to the village and stuff. And um, for me, the biggest crime of the story, or the bit I found most frustrating, is uh, is that Amy and Rory are just like two spare parts throughout the whole story. Mm. They do absolutely nothing. And they look so bored. Um, I kept thinking, God, I bet they were really enjoying filming out <laughs> in this glorious sunshine. And they just have nothing to do at all. And, uh, and I, I just kept thinking it all the way through. Like, they look so bored. They look like, what are yeah. we doing here again? Why yeah. are we on this adventure again? You know, um, so that to me, that was the, the thing, you know, you could have fleshed out those bits in the story where, 
it is sort of lagging a bit and not much happening. You could have had some stuff of Amy and Rory or, or do something with them, but they do nothing at all. Apart from that one scene which she played where Amy grabs the gun and fires it. You know, that's the only thing she gets to do. That's true. And Rory yeah. does nothing. They are all. a bit, yeah, spare party, aren't they? Especially Rory. The only thing he does really is um, he helps in the in the diversions, doesn't he? So he's legging around yeah. while Jex is actually off to his ship so he helps with that a little bit we do have a little scene with rory where you know the doctor basically grabs Jex by the by the scruff throws him out and he's ready to hand him over to the gunslinger this is early on in the episode mm. and aim is immediately like you can't do this and rory's like you know this is going to happen because if it means saving you and everyone else then we're going to hand him over so rory's very much it's interesting that they didn't flesh it out a bit more because mm. Amy and Rory typically row about stuff, don't they? Yeah. When they have differs, you know, when they their opinions differ. But in this one, we don't see anything after that. So uh, Amy's immediately on one side. We can't do this. Rory's immediately on the other side. Yep, we're doing it. We're handing him over. Mm. And then they get to that scene where the clip that we played, and then that's it. From that point on, they don't really do anything or say anything. So very yeah, disappointed know, we didn't see more. Yeah, I mean, you could have had some nice little scenes, perhaps of um, Amy and Rory in the saloon and mm. just having a bit of a drink and discussion and one of their usual sort of light-hearted comedy chats that we often get in episodes. Because I like them together because they are funny the, the way they spar off each other and stuff. So, you know, or you could have had Amy dressing up in the period costume and Rory, laugh, you know, and him coming in as a cowboy and them laughing at each other. Or, you know, the sort of typical pond stuff that we tend to get yeah, yeah. in other stories. There are little scenes that could have just added to this story to, to bump it up to make it better i think they, they definitely could have been utilized more in the story but um uh, but we don't get any of that i just kept thinking they're just literally just stood there looking as if they're waiting to to leave set i don't you know i just thought it was a real shame because they can be great the ponds together i think oh yeah you know and in yeah. fact the three of them together like matt uh karen and arthur i think are, are, are a great team and they they do the comedy well together mm-hmm. like um the first 10 minutes of this episode i thought was really good uh, actually because they're all you know they're quite fun together and the doctor's chipping in comedy lines um about the keep out sign being more of a warning or whatever he says uh, you know it's a suggestion and he says oh, i always take it as a suggestion and you know there's some nice bits of humor in the episode like that but um yeah it just needed a bit more of it really i thought yeah i agree mate mm. yeah let's talk about some characters mm. uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the sheriff then what's his name Isaac. Isaac. Ben, when he gets shot. Ben Browder, yeah. What do you reckon to him then? Because he was quite, he was taking the role very seriously, I thought. <laughs> he yeah. was, uh, you know, with some uh, supporting cast members, you can see that um, like in some of the weaker characters that we've reviewed over the years, you can tell that in supporting cast, you either have people going absolutely mad. Um, who's the guy we always drag up? David Collins. David Collins, yeah. We either have that. <laughs> Or we have the other extreme where you think, why we, why did you bother, you know, to audition to be in it? Because you clearly don't want to be there. You look bored out of your mind. But, like uh, mate, you're from Silver Nemesis, the uh, the, the Nazi guy, <laughs> just exactly. like doing it because yeah. he wanted to see the tennis. Yeah, um, I didn't think he was that bad actually. Yeah. Ben, Ben, what's his name? Drower, ben, Broder, Ben Browder. No, I was, what I was going to say is this guy oh. was, I think, was leaning more towards taking it very seriously. Well, he wasn't over oh, right, the top yeah. in any way, but you can yeah. tell that he'd read the script and thought, right, I'm going to play this this way. And it's, he needs mm. to be, you know, the voice of reason. He needs to be serious and he needs to be, 
not intimidated by the doctor who's just turned up. He's still he's still the sheriff, so he still needs to maintain control and and all that stuff. So I thought he played yeah. this very well, Ben Brown. Yeah, no, I thought he was decent. Yeah, I thought he was quite good. Like you said, you can tell he's he obviously um. Yeah, like, you know, what you're saying about him enjoying the part, he's obviously read it and thought, oh, wow, I'm going to get to be in a Western. And I think we'd all like to be in a Western for the fun of it. So, yeah, I think he's enjoying enjoying playing it. And, um, yeah, I thought he was he was pretty good. Like, when he got shot, I was like, oh, no, Isaac, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, no. I wouldn't jump in front of him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I thought he was pretty decent. Yes, me too. Uh, what about um, we had like a bunch of smaller characters that only had bit parts so we had yeah. you know the guys who were you know threatening to throw um, jets out to the gunslinger so you had those townsfolk people I think one of them was called Abraham one of them was called Walter I think I think the little <laughs> girl was you. called Sadie so those people yeah. they sort of did their part I suppose yeah I think really to expect it on those guys they're not bad in the scene you mentioned when the doctors come out and they're like we're gonna we're coming in there we're coming to get him and all that i thought well, you know they were for supporting cast considering yeah. they didn't get much lines i thought um they were quite good in that scene yeah. yeah and then we had um so the other scientist guy that gets killed at the beginning i think his name was carla mass oh yeah um played the um, poop in his pants bit very well. <laughs> I thought, um, so that, that yeah, point there, I thought, yes, the gunslinger is going to be this badass, you know, no mercy kind of character. Like we thought he was going to be. Yeah. So did I, cause he shoots that poor guy at point blank range. I was like, God, that's nasty for yeah. like, uh, you know, the, the first 20 seconds of the episode, someone's already been blitzed with, you know, <laughs> within 20 meters of, you know, yeah, it was, I did, I did as well. I thought, you know, the gunslinger is going to be mean and wow. He ain't taking any nonsense. Um, but yeah, he didn't last long. Did he old Carla mass? <laughs> Carla mass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He played the, the, the scared Carla quite well. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you reckon to Carla Jex then? The, the protagonist, I suppose in the story. Now for me, I really liked him. Because yes. I thought uh, Adrian loves crisps. Yeah, <laughs> it's him, isn't it? Anyone that's seen Miranda will know what I'm. What yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh gosh, I've just admitted I've seen Miranda. That's bad. You'll have to edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, uh, he's good. Uh, Adrian Scarborough. Yes, is the actor's name, isn't it? Saying it like I know, reading it off the screen. Um, but no, he's good. I like him, and I I, I thought he played the character good because he does play that sort of. Uh, the way he switches from being nice to quite sinister, um, I thought he did really well. Um, and you're quite sympathetic towards him at the end. And uh, the bit where he does decide to blow himself up, I thought he yeah, he acted that really well. I'm just saying, you know, all the souls I'm going to carry, forgiveness and all that. I thought, yeah, very nice performance from him. He looked good as well with the old scar on his face because, you know, that some people might have looked a bit silly with that drawn on the face. But I think it kind of suited him with the funny little spectacles and and all that. So for me, yeah, really nice little performance from uh, Adrian Scarborough. Yes. As uh, Jex. Yes, I think he played that very well because mm. when the when they first turn up and he's given them the sob story about why he's there, I thought that was he played it very genuine. And you honestly yes. thought that he was, you know, fearing for his life quite innocently and so on. And then that bit where he switches, where he pulls the gun out, you know, and he's got the gun turned on on Amy, I think. Because um, he realizes that the doctor's been talking to the gunslinger and knows what the he's unraveled the plan. Yeah. Why didn't he follow the plan? Yeah. yeah. And he's pointed yeah. the gun at Amy, and you think, oh no, he's really mm. a baddie. 
and he played that side of it very well as well. So, mm. yeah, I really liked his performance. Yeah. Uh, the Gunslinger, then. Mm. Uh, played by Andrew Brook. 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 It's got two Brooke. O's. So is it Brook or Brook? Let's go with Brook. Let's go with Brook. Andrew Brook. Um, I thought he was very, very well done. Like you yeah. said, the... Uh, the costume and the prosthetics and everything. The only thing that I wasn't keen on was the special effects that they overlaid when you saw everything through his point of view. I Me just thought, too. I just thought, why would you just do a pretty much a direct ripoff of the term, like the first two Terminator movies? Because mm. even the font that they use is very similar to. Yeah, maybe it's an homage to that. I'm not sure, but they could have gone something. They could have gone with something a lot, not too dissimilar. To that, but at least distance yourself away from that sort of already been and done. You know, mm. let's just do something a little bit different. So I thought that was a bit of a cop out, to be honest with you. I, I felt that as well, mate. Uh, I, uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I, I I don't know what it was. It was too um too clean and busy for me. I was just uh, just yeah, it just I just didn't like that. I, like you, I thought it could have been done a lot better. Um, I don't remember thinking it when I first watched it though. So I don't know if it's just a, it's just aged badly, but. Um, but this time round, yeah, I was thinking that every time we got a point of view shot of him, I just didn't think it looked very good. It looked very sort of BBC graphics, you know, sort of thing I can imagine them having on the website if you clicked on a video at the start or something. It just, yeah, it just didn't really look that great to me. And it was, maybe it's because the rest of the episode looked so good. It, it slightly let it down, I thought, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't realise it was the guy playing him as well. If you've, anyone who's ever seen a series that went out on Channel 4 called Phone Shop uh, that went out a few years ago. It's a comedy. It's quite funny. And if you've, or if you've seen the latest David Brent movie, he plays a very, he plays a very small part. He's one of, he's basically one of the characters in, in the office. It's very horrible to David Brent. Um, So anyone that's seen Phone Shop will know who I mean. Um, I didn't realize it was him at first, not until I looked up the, uh, the, uh, the actor's name. Um, but what's interesting is that I think he had a little bit of a thing with uh, with Karen Gillan, you know. Did he? Yeah. Oh, so, how'd you um, know that? Yeah, so... Um, uh, how'd you read that, The Sun? <laughs> well, um, he was photographed. Uh, him and Karen were photographed um, during a night off in Spain. Oh. Uh, getting a little bit smoochy smoochy. Karen, you little minx. She went for the gunslinger. Sun's I wonder what out, Rory thinks out. of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a bit of a um a bit of go- we're not really into gossip, are we? But you know, that's a gossip. bit of, that's a bit of a, a thing there. But yeah, I thought no, his that. performance I thought was very, very well done because I'm no expert on this, but I think I assume that playing a robot or a cyborg or an android, whatever you want to call it must be very difficult because you need to stay in kind of a you need to be disconnected from your human side quite a lot although you're speaking words and you're doing it you need to maintain sort of zero emotion Mm. throughout the entire time and i think he did that mostly there are those little scenes like when he goes into the church and he said he was going to kill everybody but he doesn't he just looks at a little girl and you know he has this little look in his eye you can tell that there's a bit of emotion there Mm. And then he sort of walks out and stuff. But I think on the whole, I think he did it pretty well. 
Yeah, I think I think um, he's understated, isn't he? He's, he's not doing the whole uh, "I am a robot cyborg." Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I thought he just gave a nice uh, understated performance. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was very good. Yes, yeah. and I think um, he could have all too easily gone that way, like you said, mm. like the robotic movements and playing it a bit cheesy. But no, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy and Rory. No, oh, actually, hold on. No, oh no, we spoke about. Um, uh, Jack, didn't we? Yeah, so Amy and Rory, so spare parts, you reckon? Yeah, I wasn't impressed with them at all. I almost felt like they were just there for the holiday. <laughs> I honestly did think, I mean, I, it's not really their fault because they they don't get anything written on the page for them to do particularly. So it's not really Arthur and Karen's fault, but I didn't really think they were that good in it at all. So not impressed with them and this one, I'm afraid. Yeah, but as I say, not really their fault, but I just thought even the scenes they were in, I just thought they were literally just um, going through the motions a bit. Yeah, it wasn't impressed. Yeah, I, I must admit, mate, they, they were just, like we said earlier, Spare with the parts. exception of a couple of scenes that they contributed a little bit. Mm. But other than that, they were just there as tag-alongs, really, weren't they? Very much so. I didn't just didn't feel that... You know, even Rory, yeah, he had a couple of good lines, but he didn't really sort of deliver them in his usual brilliant way. And I, I mean, Karen's okay in that scene where she's having to go at the doctor uh, that you played in at the start. Mm -hmm. So she's okay in that scene. But yeah, I just found them uh, just spare parts, mate. They just didn't do anything for me at all in this story. I agree. We can't really say yeah. much about it, really. I mean, the scenes that they were in uh, were, were good, but it would just have been nice to have seen a bit more, you know what I mean? A bit more of a conversation between the two of them because they do the whole rowing mm. couple but don't really mean it but still love each other but do mean it kind of yeah. thing really well but it would have been nice to have a couple of scenes with that stuff just you know to remind us that they are quite important in the you know in the whole story it just yeah fell a bit and I, short and i think do you think they've missed a trick as well because you think about it if i said to you so we have, let's say we haven't seen this story yet if i'm pitching to you Right, well, Wild Wild West story, Gary, and um, the Doctor's <laughs> going to be taking Amy and Rory to the Wild Wild West. You, what do you think of it? You'd, you'd be thinking, oh, imagine them too. They'd be absolutely loving it and getting stuck in and to the adventure. They are literally, when you watch the scenes, they are literally just following Matt Smith behind mm -hmm. him like this, shoulders hunched over, looking at the ground. We're bored. I'm thinking, no, they're in the Wild West. They'd, those two would be loving it. They'd be dressing up. They'd be in the saloon bar getting lashed. The yeah. piano would be rocking and rolling. <laughs> you know, they really missed a trick, I think, with, with those two. They they should have been enjoying the Wild Wild West, even with all the stuff going on. Do you know what I mean? They could have done so much more with them. Yeah. Um, but, you, but you watch the scenes, mate. They're literally just plodding along behind the Doctor, just following him around, like almost like two – I don't mean this in a – don't mean this to be sound rude, but almost like two donkeys just following them around. <laughs> you know, yeah. you watch it back; is they do nothing. It's a real missed opportunity. Yes. Yeah, I can imagine that as well. Um, yeah, they aim. could have done loads. Yeah, um, time and money, mate. Probably time and yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about Mister Smith then? Well, I think I'm. I'm just going to say what he's just great as usual. He's just absolutely electric in the episode. Um, he does suit with Stetson as well, does, does. Mr. Smith, yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, I can't fault Matt. It's, there's very, yeah, I just can't fault him. He, he plays the anger well. He plays the sympathetic doctor well. He does the humor well at the start. Um, 
and he and he rocks a Stetson with a with a bullet hole in it. So and he even rides a horse, although presumably it was a stunt double. Probably. Oh, and he even speaks horse, doesn't he? Yeah. And- now, what did you think of that? Because I think some people would have hated that scene when he's like, "Come on, Susan." Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. Were you groaning or were you laughing? Um, I was laughing, actually. I thought okay. that was quite a cool little bit. Good. I thought you might have been going, no. Oh. No, no, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I think he says, uh, I actually speak horse and her name's Susan, yeah. not yeah. whatever he said it was, yeah. he's annoyed. She's annoyed with your... No, was it something about gender choices or something? I, don't know. I right. just thought, yeah. again, it's yeah, great. You know, he's really good when he gets lines like that. Yeah. Um, uh, he does also say that he's... Tw- 1200 years old in this mm. doesn't he so he's moved yeah. on a bit because the doctor's age seems to fluctuate <laughs> it does all yeah. the time that's uh, one element that's very timey-wimey across all yeah, of who you his know, age. the doctor's age and it does also get mm. reflected in that scene as well where amy says this is what happens when you travel alone for too long so you can tell that it's been a long time that he's mm. been on his own so uh yeah i thought matt was brilliant in this like you said mate just as usual but for him, yeah. you know, just being the doctor is business as usual. It's just, it's very hard to criticize really because he's on point for, you know, 99% of the time. Mm. It's very hard to, you know, to criticize his performance in any story, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, this one coupled with a few of the other stories that we've gone through in Matt's era before, when there's a slightly weaker story, a bit of a weak script, you can rely on Matt to sort of carry it through and still make it watchable. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure as we'll go through because we, I don't think we've done many from series seven. No. Um, but from my memory, there are very few stories that where Matt doesn't just hit the mark. I think there might be one or two. And I think we reviewed one not that long ago where we said um, he was good in it, but you could tell he wasn't on board with the story. And I forget which one it was now. But but generally, Matt is just uh, like you said, business as usual. He does encompass this character of the Doctor so well. Um, I, I love Matt's Doctor. Um, I think that was Night Terrors, the way we said that. Ah, was it? I yeah. I think so, yeah. I did think of you at one point, though, because I was thinking, yeah, what was the story we did where you were saying, why did the Doctor park? I was Silver Nemesis last week. Why did he park so far away? <laughs> and I did think that in this story as well, because he's asked to go miles on a horse to go back to the TARDIS. I'm thinking, I thought of you. I was thinking, yeah, where's he landed then? In the middle of <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, I would say I agree with you, mate. Yeah, just very fantastic. good. Anything you want to mention before we rock on with our scores? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think Murray's music was quite nice in it. That's all. Um, you know, did the sort of very typical. He did what you can imagine the brief. It's Western with who mixed together. And I think that's exactly what he gives it. Um, and yep. it's quite nice. Yeah. But uh, no, I haven't really got anything else to add, mate. Okie dokie. Let's crack on with our scorers. All right. I think it's me to go first. It is. Talking to Murray, that was nice, wasn't it? Go yeah. on, you to go first. Uh, I'm going to give this a... Oh. I'm going to give this a 6.5. Yee-haw! <laughs> With a yee-haw as well. Yeah, fall back <laughs> to you, mate. 6.5 as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't even have to... You know, sometimes I'm in a quandary and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> well, there's no... there's no. I wrote it straight away. And yeah, 6.5. Wow. Snap again. Snap. Snap. Uh, so I was going to give it a <laughs> 6, but then I thought, no, Matt's just brilliant in it. You know, there are some weaker elements and, you know, some 
it does fall short in a few places, but Matt's just great in it. So, yeah, I did a point five on for him. <laughs> yes, right. What did our lovely listeners think? <laughs> uh, we had an audio review in. This is Owen Daly. Oh. Let him come back, Doctor. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Owen's voice hasn't dropped. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is Owen Daly. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you both well and enjoying the show this week. So, Doctor Who, a town called Mercy. This was uh, Series 5 was the blockbuster series where they tried to do a movie a week. Um, and it did work, I think. But this one, the Western, definitely works well. Uh, I thought the Western and Doctor Who hadn't been done since The Gunfighters. And The Gunfighters is not a great story, but I think it nails it with Toby Whithouse's superb writing. Uh, I love the gunslinger. I think he's a fantastic creation, um, the cyborg. Uh, I'd like to see his backstory... Um, explored a bit more but I do believe there was a prequel showing the creation of the gunsling which I must watch again but uh, yeah I'd love to see the, the, the background explored a bit more Callard Jex he was a great addition to the story and his dark past when we find out that he actually massacred his people was fantastic it gave Matt Smith some great dialogue to work with and shows how good an actor Matt Smith is uh, some standout moments for me would be the Doctor riding the horse. I don't know, something about the Doctor riding horses, because I was a huge fan of Indiana Jones when I was a kid, and just seeing the Doctor on a horse goes like, yeah, Indiana Jones, and I just love that. So that scene was brilliant. But um, I actually can't remember how this episode gets resolved, but all I can remember is the gunslinger becoming an ally to the town, and he decides to watch over the town. But yeah, I must watch this one again, because I love it. It's an 8 out of 10, and definitely the best in Series 7 by a mile. And one last thing, it's super sad when um, the sheriff dies. Uh, I can't remember his name, was this Joseph? But when he dies, it was terrible. It was so sad. So thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank Cheers. you, Owen. Cheers, Owen. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, did you um, did you watch the, the prequel to this? I think I did at the time, but I can't remember at all. Um, yeah, I saw that there was a prequel, but no, I don't remember it, but I would have watched it. Yeah, yeah I, I remember seeing it online. I think it was it, it was released on iTunes exclusively originally, but you can watch it oh. online. Yeah, uh, I think it just goes through how the gunslinger was made, turning him into a into a cyborg, and it's got, I'm sure it's got Jex sort of narrating the the the, the progress of him turning into mm-hmm. a cyborg, I think, yeah, but... I'd like to see that because I, I don't. I honestly don't remember that at all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see it. Uh, over on Twitter, um, very cool Twitter name, Mister Dalek Emperor uh, says <laughs> uh, a great Western, but Amy and Rory are not in, uh, involved too much. Uh, Matt Smith does an amazingly sinister performance um, in the in the pod um, episode rating four out of ten. He says also it's a real shame we don't see Matt's green coat after this episode. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, This episode features the second horse of New Who, (laughs) Uh, Arthur from Series 2 being the first. Oh, is that the the, um, one following the 10th Doctor round in the Pompadour spaceship? Yes. Is that the one you mean? Oh, okay. Uh, Over on Facebook, uh, Sammy Satine says, uh, I love this story. One of my absolute favourite stories from Series 7. Watched it a few times. 11 is great. I love it when he speaks horse. Uh, I also like the dilemma he is faced with when confronted with Carla Jex because this character is similar to the Doctor in some ways and it's those similarities that change 11 throughout the story. I like the town and the people in it. When the Sheriff Isaac dies, that is sad. I like him. Uh, Amy and Rory are good. Overall, a 10 out of 10. Wow. Sammy. Sammy, 10 go. out of 10. Going in with a 10. Kevin Mullen. Uh, despite the sumptuous location work, 
Uh, it's a little bland, and although there are some great characters, uh, some great actors such as uh, Ben Bauer and uh, Adrian Scarborough, they deserved better. Uh, as always, Matt, Karen, and Arthur are great. The scene where the Doctor displays his heartless side after discovering that Jex is responsible of us uh, is of excellent, uh, as is Amy's reaction. Uh, the music is excellent, and uh, the makeup on the gunslinger is exceptional. Uh, I originally gave it a 5 out of 10, but that's a bit low. Um, it may be a bit bland, but overall 6.5. Uh, enjoyable enough, just missing something. Mm. Yeah, 6.5 as well. Yes. Jeff Waddle says, was looking forward to a cowboy story. Something mm. different. Looks great, but completely devoid of a story um, to last 45 minutes. And I didn't feel any threat or excitement whatsoever. Uh, completely bland, 4 out of 10. Oh dear, Jeff. Lewis Palmer. I'll be honest, I can't remember this. <laughs> I think it's, mm. uh, I've only seen it once. I remember enjoying it, but being rather plain. It's nice to see a darker side to Smith. Gunslinger was pretty good, but it was basically just the Terminator. I half expect him to speak in an Austrian accent and tell somebody <laughs> that he'll be back. Anyway, from what I remember, mm-hmm. it was decent, but nothing worth of note. 5.5. Nothing of note. Okay, cheers. Joseph Howarth says, it's a decent episode. I think the first half uh, is quite good. We have the Gunslinger set as a force to be reckoned with. The locations for the story are gorgeous. Matt Smith, pretty much like dinosaurs on a spaceship, is tapping into his darker side mm. as the Doctor. And my God, when he's shouting at Jex to sit down, it really scared me, which is a rare thing for Matt's Doctor to do. Um, goes on to say, um, it's mainly high, uh, light-hearted, which is a good thing, and we get a lot of happening, uh, and I'm invested in the story, and then we get to the second half. It's not that bad or anything, but I just think maybe we could have had the roles for the gunslinger and Jex not be too obvious. Uh, I feel once Jex is revealed to be a war criminal, as well as the gunslinger, because of the fact the story kind of loses its sense of mystery and intrigue. Uh, it's not something I find brilliant, but it's not terrible. Seven out of ten. Fair enough. I love it when Eleven loses it. Yeah, when he yeah, it's quite it scary. Kicks off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin Arnold says uh, I may have to interrupt my rewatch of Time Flight to watch this again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Martin Arnold did tweet us to say that he's uh, he's attempted to watch Time Flight half a dozen times, but keeps having to restart for some reason. Can't imagine why. Yeah. And lastly, Jason Thayer says I like the story. I think it's one of Toby Whithouse's best. Uh, the alien who helps the town is a great character, and I like how Amy has to keep the Doctor in line. Eight out of ten. Yes. Uh, any comments about this on your Geeks page? Yes, heard a few. So, um, Dean Jones, he says, a story with great ideas, but not the best in terms of execution. The production design and location work is fantastic. The performances are great, and the gunslinger is a brilliant design. I do think it's very flawed. It's very admirable what Toby Whithouse presents with the themes and the morals, but characters often feel inconsistent and some of the dialogue is a bit too spelt, spell it out, leaving very little to think about once the credits roll. That's true. Also, Amy Roy add very little to the story and their scenes could have been given to the characters we meet in Mercy. Decent, but very flawed in his view. Dean gives it six out of ten. Cool. Charlie Turner. Uh, before we get started, I feel I'd like to give Aaron from all things Doctor Who a shout out. You just did, Charlie. And yes, very nice work. Um, you, you're off the hook for now. This isn't the gunslinger. So A Town Called Mercy is good for what it tries to do. I think it's basically the Terminator does Doctor Who style. The gunslinger is amazing. He gives it eight out of ten. Um, <laughs> he says, <laughs> do me a favor and face me. 
Pun intended. Thanks, Charlie. Very good. Uh, Harry Walker says, aside from the fact that Amy and Rory didn't do anything in this episode, it's always bugged me that they were simply there. I like a town called Mercy from what I can remember. As ever, it's great to see Doctor Who's take on a subgenre, in this case a Western. I particularly like the moment in which the Doctor stops the boy from shooting the gun, as it echoes the moment that in the Happiness Patrol where a similar scene occurs and it works just as well. I also love the visuals of the episode, thinking that it would look out of place, wouldn't look out of place on a cinema screen. Uh, he would give it either a seven or eight out of ten. Thank you, Harry. Uh, Callum Johnson, possibly my favourite episode from Series Seven. Absolutely love this one due to the location, the Western theme, and the always brilliant dynamic of Eleven, Amy, and Rory. Callum gives it nine out of ten. Hmm. Paul Valle, Vall- oh, he's going to tell Paul Valeno. I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? Paul's, <laughs> Paul's just started yeah. listening to us from the very beginning, I believe. So, hello, Paul, and massive apologies for saying your name wrong. Uh, we'll get it by episode 300, don't worry. Uh, he says, <laughs> from the sublime ethical paradox of the Doctor aiding and abetting the escape of war criminal Mangley-like Jex and the sublime Amy Pond, Karen Gillan, sigh, to the ridiculous gender politics of Josh slash Susan the horse. <laughs> very good. Until the lasso knot slips off in the end, letting the Doctor escape the consequences of letting evil go unpunished by having Jex kill himself. So I think a bit of a mixed response from Paul there. Yeah. Uh, Jake Burt Whistle. Uh, I think it's a great episode. The thing about it that I like that isn't shown enough is the would the Doctor sacrifice one person to save many more. Whilst it does have its flaws, it's still a great episode. Very tense and design of the gunslinger is excellent. However, some of the flaws are the fact that Amy and Rory didn't have much to do in this episode besides being taken hostage and wearing Jex's clothes. Do they? (laughs) And also, I think that we should have seen the homeworld of Carla. I know we would. We had the prequels, but they didn't delve into it as much as I would have liked. I guess this is more of a complaint about the length of the episode. Anyway, the rating from Jake is 8 out of 10. And uh, just got a couple more. So Patrick Sherwood says hi so this story well i love it it's a nice one i think it's one of the best matt smith stories he's going to give the story a 10 out of 10 another 10 patrick another 10 george copper one of the best matt smith stories love the gunslinger and the location work george copper gives it 10 out of 10 wow. and aaron ball says hi aaron by the way he says a good story better than i remember but it's still not fantastic in some scenes it can be a bit dull although matt is great in this and amy and rory have some good scenes the location is great and in my eyes a better gun better than the gunfires i don't think aaron's a fan of the gunfires um please review the gunfires as well he says the gunslinger looks good uh and it was awesome he gives it a six to seven out of ten and finally our good friend martin vincent from the bad wolf podcast says um unintentionally my parents vid- visited this location yesterday. How did that happen? What, they were just wandering um, through Spain? and they. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet it's a great location to go to. I can mm. imagine me and you going there, Gary, just uh, rocking up in our Stetsons and, you know. And there's just a guy. Guns, yeah, <laughs> blowing that clock away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just a guy sweeping the front porch of one of them like, oh, here we go. Here they are. Here they Doctor are. Doctor fans. Yeah, had all this yesterday. Put that clock back, <laughs> have to put that bloody clock back later. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for giving us your thoughts and reviews. Interesting to see a big mix there. Some, I don't Very think, well, mix, yeah. strangely, I don't think we've had this many 10 out of 10s before. 
on a story. And I wasn't expecting that, I'll tell you now. Yeah, so uh, middle of the road for us. Some people don't like it. Others love it. So, yeah. all good. I think we're going to wrap there for 137. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us and listening through 137. Some good news and merch that we went through. I'm really interested to see um, what's going to happen with uh, John Sims' character, how that's going to play out with Missy and the Doctor and so on. Mm. And yeah, so this is like our last uh, sort of discussion and talk on Series 10 before we actually get to see it this Saturday. I know. It's going to so be awesome. exciting. Yes. Uh, our reviews will be... Um, just weekly as usual we're going to just stick to we're not going to do like a special show that's going to go out on the Saturday evening or anything like that we're going to leave it for a week so that we can give it another rewatch and let the dust settle and not just review based on our initial um, reactions at the time so I think that's good actually to give it a week just so we can watch it a couple more times yeah Mm. yeah and not just like at the time being oh my god that's amazing this is 10 out of 10 but then when you watch it again it's like oh actually it's probably more of a 7 yeah, so we'll do that. We'll continue to do that. So our review for the pilot will be not this Saturday coming, but the Saturday after. Friday. Oh, sorry, the Friday after. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Friday. So head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of the previous episodes <laughs> on there. Plus, you can link off to all the, all the social stuff. And uh, look for us on iTunes as well. Just open up iTunes or your podcast app of choice. We're pretty much on everything, so just do a search of the Big Blue Box podcast. Give us a sub so you never miss an episode. And if you are an iTunes listener, a review would be amazing because that really helps. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Do a search of The Geek's Handbag on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Again, all the stuffs. Uh, You'll find Adam's stuff on there brilliant videos i really enjoyed the latest vlog roundup you know what even though you didn't get footage inside westminster uh, too much and uh, inside the the other one um, it didn't detract mate it was still a great video really really cool. cool yeah i'm gonna be working like a like a beaver to get i'm really gonna try and get um this weekend's vlog done by this week it might happen it might not but i'm gonna try my best so you can see them off cool cool and peter and pearl and all that so check out adam's channel the geek's handbag Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, and...